this is the Joyful Mama Show. We want to help you take actionable steps toward dreams that have more impact, family life that has more peace, and motherhood that has more joy. We think that it's time for moms to rise up in entrepreneurship and change the world. But let's face it, it's hard to sort through all of the ways we get stuck in our own heads and all of the things we feel like we're supposed to be doing. How can we change the world when we're overwhelmed with trying not to feel overwhelmed about homeschooling or power struggles with our kids or taking care of our own hearts, our bodies, and our minds? We want to give you the tools to find rest, joy, and healing while also taking your business and your dreams to the next level. You know you were made for more than hustle. You can feel that you were made for more than the lies that hold you back. And we believe that you were made for amazing things that impact the kingdom of God and the people that God has given you to impact for Him. You were made to be a joyful mama, to have a heart that is thriving, not striving. And we want to help you step into the fullness of all you were created to become. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Joyful Mama Show. We are so grateful to have you with us and always just know that we don't take it for granted that you take time out of your day to listen to our stories, to listen to us share our beloved guests with you and just our journeys with homeschooling and entrepreneurship and all the mom things. Today, we have a really amazing friend and guest with us, Melissa Benson. And Melissa and I met, and Sarah as well. I think Melissa and I met first, and then Sarah later. We were all part of a a group, like an online kingdom entrepreneurship group. And we became friends, virtual friends online through there, and then just kind of slowly saw, and maybe you can remember more details, Melissa, just about how we initially connected. But I just remember seeing you in the group, seeing you go live, sharing your story. And I'm like, man, that's a woman I want to rub shoulders with. I want to hang out with her. She just seems like my kind of people. And we both were homeschooling and all of that. And so we've partnered in a few different things together over the years. And it's just been amazing to see her journey unfold. So um, Sarah, if you want to formally introduce Melissa, then we can just hop right in. Yeah. So Melissa has been an entrepreneur since 2015 and a homeschool mom since 2016. She sold her last company in 2022 to transition into writing and coaching. She has a passion to see women thrive in life and in the entrepreneurial space by partnering with the Holy Spirit for solutions, impact, freedom, and fullness. She just wrote her first book, a devotional called Hope Surge. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much. Yay. So glad to be with you guys. Yeah. So, okay. So how, what's your memory, Melissa, of how you and Liz kind of connected to begin with? Yeah, that she nailed it on the head. It was like, you know, you see certain people um, doing certain things and, and I just was really drawn to her. Um, Like she said, we were in a kind of a kingdom entrepreneurship group together um, at the time was kind of smaller than what it is right now. Um, but yeah, it's just same idea. Like I want to rub shoulders with that lady. So pretty special. You're in our ebook that we give away for free to homeschool moms, <laughs> our ebook called you have what it takes a heart centered guide to homeschooling. You share a little bit of a glimpse into your homeschooling and maybe how you started. I can't quite remember what you wrote in there. I- I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really remember <laughs> what it was either. We'll have to look <laughs> That was a few years ago now, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah, that's an amazing resource, but I am having trouble recalling what I (laughs) 
<laughs> it was in 2020 when Liz just like heard from the Lord, put together a whole bunch of women's stories, share it with all these women who are in the pandemic and homeschooling for the first time of their lives. Right. Was that when you wrote it or was it right before then? It was right. Yeah. So it was right when, yeah, the world was kind of shutting down. I think it was March of 2020. And I just felt like the Lord said, I want you to write a, an ebook in a day. And I remember the dialogue and me being like, how in the world would I write an ebook in a day that would have any substance? And it was just like, I knew, well, d- you can't write it alone. And so we just compiled these letters from homeschool moms. So I remember reaching out to you, Melissa, and you were so gracious. You're like an instant yes. Yeah, just reached out to all the every homeschool mom that I could think of that I knew and respected. Hey, would you write a letter of encouragement or any tips or advice to someone who's being thrown into a mom who's being thrown into homeschooling and has no idea and they're freaking out? <laughs> like they have no idea what they're doing and they don't know if they have what it takes. Um, and so, yeah, that was like, that was maybe. Um, one of the first things we had partnered in, um, it was, it was a long time ago. I I don't remember what I wrote in that ebook either. (laughs) I'm not alone then. That's good. No, you're not. But that really was a powerful resource. I mean, not, you know, not just the material, but the, the power of just collaborating and getting to get those different viewpoints from different moms and different stories that what a great resource. Yes, we still will have people opt into that, you know, every week. It's funny how, you know, you create something and you put it out there and then you kind of just forget because you're doing other things. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was, um, you know, the Lord's heart was just so for those women in that season, I think. And it was what led you, Melissa, into homeschooling, into entrepreneurship, just kind of if you want to share your journey into both of those things and how they've kind of collided in your life. Yeah, you know, I always kind of, I don't know if envy is the right word. I always kind of envy the moms who knew they wanted to homeschool from the beginning, but that was not my story. It was never on my radar. It wasn't really the plan. We had put my oldest two into public school system. That's what my husband and I had done. And we just kind of thought that's what you do. Um, But my oldest really struggled. And the only way I can describe it is that I was watching the light fade from his eyes. And that's truly what it looked like. It was like, I was just watching it go every year. It was just fading a little bit more. And I just remember he, I believe it was in third grade where I was like, we have to do something different, but I really truly felt like I didn't know what to do. And that was a, that was a really hard season for that reason. And a couple other that I can share with you guys, but I just remember feeling so helpless. Like I didn't have an answer. I didn't have a solution and just praying, like I will do whatever I'll do whatever he needs, God, but I really don't know what that is. And so we looked into alternative schools and all kinds of things. And we eventually landed on homeschool and um, homeschooling. And I'm so thankful we haven't looked back. We're about to enter our seventh year. Um, the next year, we ended up pulling my my middle son out. We had to try it first, right? Like, we don't know what we're doing here. So let's try it with the oldest. We know he needs it. And I remember just being like, oh my gosh, I miss my other kid. Like, I'm doing so many fun things with my oldest. We're going on these field trips. We're having, you know, which is not always the case. I know it's not all perfect, but I just remember missing him and and that time with him. And so we pulled him out the next year. Um, And then my daughter, who's our youngest, uh, she started from the beginning. So I keep hearing you use the word we for homeschooling. Is this something you do in tandem with your husband or how does that work in your family? 
It is not. He is, I mean, it's mainly me. Um, I guess I say we because it was definitely a mutual decision. However, I will say it was more me with him just saying, okay, I'll support it. And I think after talking to a lot of moms, that's the case many times that I've heard anyway. It's like the husband's kind of doubtful and not always, obviously, but just in my experience, stories that I've heard, the husband's a little like, I don't know about this thing. And the mom's like, I really think this is it. I really feel like this is where Holy Spirit's leading me. Mm-hmm. Thank God for supportive husbands who maybe yeah. don't see it yet, but they're like, okay, I trust you. I know you hear him. I know you want what's best for our kids. So let's give it a go. And that's been our experience. Now my husband is fully on board, which thank God. <laughs> okay. Okay. So how did you get into entrepreneurship? What was that kind of entrance like? Yeah. So I'll kind of touch on that same season about 2016 when I was feeling like, don't know what to do with our oldest. And I don't know if any of the listeners can relate, but if you have a a kid who doesn't fit the mold, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself in this place where you thought it would look a certain way and it doesn't. And so anyway, that's where we were, especially with our children, um, with our oldest At the same time, I had just started my first business about a year earlier, and I had promised my husband that when I left my staff uh, staff position at our church, I promised him that I I wanted to stay home with the kids and that I would earn income from home. And so I started this business. I asked myself probably the most important question a person can ask when they're wanting to know what the next step or they're wanting to start a business, and that was what's in your hand. And I know, Elizabeth, you've heard, you probably both have heard this from um, Pedro and others, but it was that question, what's in my hand? And so for me, I had always loved handwriting and people my whole life had told me, your handwriting is so amazing and you should be a teacher and all this stuff because of my handwriting. And I know it sounds so small and simple, but it was like, what do I already know that I can do well? Well, I can write really well. And I remember taking a class in a calligraphy class in high school. And so I just had this idea, well, I can learn calligraphy. I can keep, I can develop that skill and I'll start doing calligraphy for people. And so that's how my first business started. I was looking for a way to make income from home. Yeah. Now here is the kicker. I was about a year into it. And though I was really ministering to women, I was blessing them and encouraging them with the things I was creating and stuff that I was kind of writing on the side too, I was making zero money. It was bringing in no income for our family. So I don't know if you guys can relate to that. You're like, I'm doing amazing things, but the finances are not following. (laughs) Yeah. And so that was a problem because we had now gone from two incomes down to one. And we all know that financial stress can really do a number on your family, on your marriage, on your hope. And so we have that second component. The third component was my marriage was legit on the rocks. And I'm I'm not exaggerating it just to to give you a good story. It was really hanging on by a thread. I think it was the stress of the finances, the stress of like not seeing eye to eye with our children. And so I just paint that picture because for me, it was the beginning of not only my like a really, really hard season, but I was also growing and building a business. And it was the first time where God really started to like 
changed my perspective on what hope looks like. And it really was the beginning of my, the hope journey for me. So when you got started, it was kind of like a really hard season and you started out having this business that wasn't making any money. What was the next step after that of where you were like, this isn't producing income, even though I feel like, you know, I'm using what I had in my hand and I'm blessing people. Like what came after that? Yes. So later that year, I, at that point I was just doing custom orders, which take a lot of time, makes people really happy, but they take a lot of time. So I actually opened an online shop where I would put my hand lettering on certain products and then I could just kind of mass produce them. And so I started the online shop. That was the next step. Having established a product-based business, I knew that I had some skills. I knew I was pretty good at it at that point. And that's when I entered into Just Like Joan, which we were talking about a minute ago. I had come across some information about starting a product-based business on Amazon. I So I started learning how to manufacture products and sell them on Amazon. And it was the start of a new business for me. At that point, I really was beginning to really believe and pray for financial breakthrough. And so I felt like this was something God had given me to be able to take the skills I had already learned but now morph them into something new that could actually begin to generate more income. And so I didn't leave that first business behind. I just added this one on and started, you know, investing myself into that. So I started it at the beginning of 2020 and I knew when I began that business that I wanted to build it to sell. So everything that I was doing was very strategic and intentional, even the way that I would like like the administrative side of things, I always was setting it up in with the with the mindset that I eventually wanted to sell it. So I grew that business for two years and I actually did sell it at the end of last year, 2022. And that was amazing. That was huge to be able to actually build something that someone else could then purchase and and run with. And you know what's so cool is when I finally put it up for sale, I felt like God gave me a picture of a married couple. I'm like, I think a married couple's going to buy this. And this is just a cool side note, but right away, a married couple jumped in. They're like, we have interest. Well, come on. It doesn't always work out like that fast, that quick. They ended up backing out. I had other people come in and show interest who didn't Anyway, eventually after months of finding the right person, it was a married couple. Pretty cool how God can give you a picture. And even when your circumstances don't look like it's maybe going to work out that way. Yeah. It really did. So yeah, yeah. that's so amazing. So what was it like, you know, being in that? I mean, that was just a matter of a, a few short years going from I'm doing this thing that was in my hand and it's not producing income to expanding your your product line, investing in coaching so that you could learn a new skill set, and then scaling a business to the point of actually being able to sell for, I think, a pretty substantial amount, like to go from, I, I quit my job working for my church. I need to do something to make money from home. I'm doing something that's impactful, but making nothing to, I built this like huge I don't know if you want to share this, but like yeah. multiple six figure yes. business. Yeah. Um, and being able to sell it and then move on to the next thing God had. Like, what was, how did that feel? And what was that journey like for you as just as a woman? I just feel like that, that those are the kind of stories that most of the women who are listening to this podcast are in some way entrepreneurial. And that's kind of the dream of, 
what do I have in my hand? How do I get started? And then how do I get to this place where there's actually fruit? Yeah. And hearing stories like yours, it does give us something to hold on to that hope that if we don't give up, there will be a harvest. So So I don't know how I, if I phrase that question very well, but I would just love to hear from like a heart standpoint, like, I'm just so proud of you. Like as a sister, I'm so proud of you because you, you kept going when it was hard. So I don't know what you would want to share just about that, but having been through, um, you know, the journey myself and pushing through and Sarah too, like it's hard when things don't seem to be working to keep going and you did it. Powerful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, um, I'll just share the numbers with you and then I would love to just talk more about how much this journey really is a faith journey, the entrepreneurial journey. But I was able to take it to, uh, we reached 250,000 in sales right before we sold. So that was incredible to that, to get to that point. Uh, and then I was able and, to, and Melissa, I helped a little bit. I'm holding up for the <laughs> listeners, my poof from her former <laughs> store on Amazon. That is so adorable that I went and bought after I um, had a friend who had it in her house. And I was like, I have to get this. And I didn't even know that it was from you at first. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, <laughs> that means so much. That is amazing. And it's still, it's in my guest room slash office right now. And it's so cute because you had a really cute store. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we were able to, I say we, I'm always thinking of my husband and I, but I was able to sell it for six figures. We, this is just details if anyone is interested in this side, the business side of things, but um, we actually seller financed it for the person, um, which is just such a cool concept. Uh, we were able to sell it for six figures and then we're just seller financing it over the next four years. And so what's really cool is now I've stepped away, but we have this income coming in every month, which to me is just the hugest gift yeah. to be able to have that coming in. And now someone else has it, you know, so huge. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Does that mean like basically you gave them a loan technically and then they're paying you monthly payments until they're done paying. That's exactly right. Yes. So I'm technically their lender is how it's kind of set up. And so you can set up a seller financing deal in any kind of way, but the way we set it up was um, they pay me a certain amount every month for the first year. And then year two and three and four, it increases a little bit more because I wanted to give them time to establish themselves. Like when they took the business over, they had to kind of recover some things. We had run out of stock and things like that. And so I honestly, I had to be in a place where I felt good about setting them up for success. I wanted to see the business succeed and I wanted to see them succeed. So we set it up. So it's kind of low at the beginning, but every year it's going to increase a little, which is like awesome. (laughs) That's so incredible. Yeah. But just back to what you were talking about, about not quitting. I just feel like that really is what it's all about. You guys probably know Heidi Baker, but she has this phrase that says, if you don't quit, you win. And I just feel like that's it. You know, I think, you know, you may know the percentage, but the percentage is really small of people that build businesses and actually stick with it because it's not easy. It's not easy when you don't see the fruit, when you haven't seen the finances, but you know, God's given you a dream. And so I absolutely believe that the entrepreneurial journey is a faith journey. It's all about taking risks and continuing to move forward 
even when you're not seeing it yet. And just knowing, I, I think for me, something I've learned too, and this is both on the business side, but also the spiritual side is that there's just no arriving. And I think for a lot of times I thought I would like get to this point where I'm like, I've arrived either spiritually or, I mean, it may sound so silly, but spiritually and in the entrepreneurial journey, it's like, oh, I've arrived, but it's just not actually true. You don't arrive. There's always growth. There's always going to be more layers. Even when you reach certain goals, you're going to have new goals. So it's just, I, I believe it's always just continuing to move forward and um, just coming back to the dream God gave you and knowing that you heard his voice right. Because I think a lot of times we start to question, like, I really must have heard him wrong because this is not looking at all like I thought it was going to look. And how did you like combine in your business, like logical, common sense business decisions with like hearing God's voice and being led by him? What we all have to kind of have this combination of we're listening for his voice. Sometimes we're making decisions that don't really make sense. (laughs) And then sometimes we're just using our brains and like, well, this is obvious. So in your experience, like how was that hearing God's voice being someone that really valued his leading in your business? What was that like for you? Yeah, I think hearing his voice trumps everything. And because a lot of times he's going to ask you something that doesn't make logical sense. Like even recently, I've just been thinking about this concept of debt. And, you know, we hear a lot of times, don't go into debt, don't go into debt. But really, when you're a business person, you use debt as um, a tool to get to the place that you want to be. And so I think even that doesn't feel logical, but it's even a biblical principle. Okay. Side note, but this is really cool. What I'm studying the woman who, you know, filled the jars with oil, she actually had to go into debt in order to get what she needed to get. And it was Elijah, the prophet that told her to do so. He was like, go find people, go borrow. That's what he said, go borrow the jars. And then at the end, he said, now go pay pay back the debt and use what's left over. So we get this picture of actually borrowing in order to see the fulfillment of what we're hoping for. And so I guess that's just the logical side of things. I really am both right and left-brained. And so I would say I actually love the the admin side of things and the logical like business day-to-day things. So we have to have those things. Businesses can't operate well without them. But as a Holy Spirit-led entrepreneur, I just value his voice on the next step so much. And I even value his voice on the day-to-day. And really, I think that that idea that like if we're led by the holy spirit some days he's going to tell you to work on your business and some days he's going to say put it down go hang out with your kids it's so good so yeah. i am totally with you and we do it the same way at our house there are days that look totally different than the typical day because the holy spirit says or my body says or just my energy, (laughs) mental energy, emotional energy is just like, I just need a day to not do school or business or anything. But typically, what is a day like for you with balancing business? Now you're a published author and homeschooling. And like, how does that work in your family? Yeah, I have really discovered for me that it works best when I can block off little chunks of time. So Mm -hmm. in the beginning, I think for entrepreneurs, we love what we do. So for me in the beginning, well, it's still this way. I want to just do it all the time because I love it. Yes. In the beginning, I found myself 
doing it all the time throughout the day. And I found myself totally getting annoyed with my kids when they would come interrupt me. I got the quotes, interrupt me. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling so checked about that. Like I'm the one that chose to homeschool. I'm the one that chose to bring them home. And now I'm bothered by them when they're coming and, and needing me. And there's no shame or guilt here. This is just my own story, like my own, um, the thing that Holy Spirit really had to put me in check about. But I really have had to try and be disciplined and I still work on it about not just going to my computer constantly because I do love it. I, it is exciting, but I find myself getting really annoyed when they come interrupt what I'm doing. And I just feel like that's not fair. So for me, I try really hard to say, okay, Melissa, wait till noon, you know, or whatever the time is. They're probably going to like want to hop on and play some video games for an hour or something, whatever the thing is. And then I know that I have that time for like an hour, you know, and I'm just clear with them too. And they're a little older now. I will say this too. I'm really big about not comparing your season to another person's. So for me, my kids are getting a little older. It's a little bit easier right now. They're 15, 13 and eight, nine, sorry. That's totally different than a mom who's got three kids under four. Come on, you can't compare that, those two seasons. And so if there's someone listening who does have really young kids, I guess I just feel compelled to say, give yourself grace because it won't always be this hard to do the thing you want to do. Um, but also just, we have to stop comparing ourselves to someone who has full grown children who can handle themselves on their own. Your business won't look the same in those two seasons. Mm -hmm. You can't grow it in the same way. I think. So anyway, I really do try to use blocks of time um, as much as I can. I will actually leave the house in the evenings for a good chunk of time. And like, maybe my husband will get home and I'll take off from like four to nine. And for some seasons, I'll do that like twice a week. Lately, I've only been doing that like maybe once every two weeks, but I'll just go, I'll leave. I can get so much more done when I'm alone Another thing I do that I would encourage people to do, if you can, is get away for a night or even two, if you can. I've been doing this for a while. I don't know if you guys do this, but I will get a hotel room and it will literally be like 15 minutes away. It's not even far, but I will get a hotel room for the night. It's just me for 24 hours. And whether I'm working or just resting, I feel like those times for me are so rejuvenating. I feel like I get so recharged just having that time because everybody's different. But for me, like I recharge around people, but I also recharge when I'm alone. So I got yeah. a long time. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are that way. Yes, we are. Totally. <laughs> we both are. <laughs> okay. We're very different, but we are like in that way in a hotel. I remember you telling me that years ago. And then a, like a spiritual mom to me, mentor said the same thing. Her husband would treat her and sometimes he would even surprise her. And just say, hey, you're going to, you know, a hotel here in town. Like, it's not even far for the night. And I've got the kids. And she was like, it was literally, it saved me. <laughs> it totally. saved me. And I love that you brought up just the seasons. Because it is totally, when people hear that we have, you know, a blended family with seven kids, they're like, oh, my goodness, seven kids. How do you do it? And I'm like, no, a mom with, like, three little kids is so much harder than seven kids that, you know, they're teenagers. Some of them are even grown now. It's just totally different. And when you have like diapers and like, they have to be watched all the time, they can't be out of your sight. Like 
you're having to put locks on cabinets and doors and like that's the trenches yes <laughs> it work. does get easier and it's like those are the like such great years but it does get so much easier and i love that you shared that perspective because it totally you know that if someone would have told me that i think and maybe people did and i just don't remember but if someone had told me when i was in in those trenches years like hey it will get easier when you don't have to have your eyes on them all the time and they don't need you for like a drink or a <laughs> snack and they can actually like go to the pantry or the fridge by themselves like I, that hope i mean it's totally what you're so great at like that gives so much hope so before we wrap up, I think it would be awesome if you would share just a little bit about your book, um, Melissa, and what inspired you to write it. Um, I know that there was a journey, and I even love if you could share kind of like what's in the the um, the beginning of the book and how the Lord had spoken something to you about um, even sharing on social media, and then you were going to move into like the texting. And it wasn't like God said, and then you just did it perfectly. Like there was a journey of figuring it out and then it becoming what it is today, this beautiful book that you're selling to people yeah. all over the world now. Could you share that journey, that story? Yes. Yeah. So I really do think it started back in 2016, where what I was sharing with you guys earlier. And just feeling, I really felt so stuck and so hopeless in that season, just because of all the different things that were going on. And at the time I came across this book by Steve Backland called Let's Just Laugh at That. Powerful mm -hmm. book. And it, it changed my, it helped change my life. I started to realize how many lies of the enemy that I was believing in my everyday, just Wow. Whether I picked it up from bad theology or culture or just focusing on the wrong things, I did not realize how many lies I was lining myself up with. And so as I began to unpack those things, like here's an example of a lie, the fact that there's no solution for a situation, that's a lie of the enemy. The Bible says something completely different, that God makes a way where there isn't one, that we have access to the resources of heaven. So it's just, it's just really learning to combat those lies with the power of the truth. So as I did that, um, I really just started to see my life unfold in a different way. I was starting to access levels of authority and hope and joy that I was not living in before. And not much actually changed in my circumstances. It's just that I had new lens. I had a new lens. It was like I had a whole new perspective. And so, um, in 2020, I felt like God said to post every day and just call it something like 30 days of hope or something like that. And so I started off pretty strong, got a few days in, and then honestly, I just failed. <laughs> I just, I was not consistent with it and it just kind of tapered off. And so two years later, I felt like God said, do it again. But this time, you know, text text people because people have access to their phone way quicker than they're they're getting on social media. So that's what I did. I I just call, I just put something out on Facebook and said, Hey, is anybody interested in this? I'm just gonna be texting a shot of hope to your phone each morning. If you're interested, let me know. And we had almost uh, 70 women who said, Yes, I I wanna do that. Send me the text. And so as I started texting them each day, 
I was like, you know what? I got a lot more to say. <laughs> and I think God has more to say. So I opened up a Facebook group and just started, you know, I would text whatever I would text. And then I would just kind of dive deeper in the Facebook group. And so it was just a week or so into it. And I felt like God said, this is going to be a book. And what's so cool is I did not know that in the beginning. I had always dreamed of writing a book or authoring several books. But when I started this, I did not think it would be a book at all. But it was just the yes, you know, the power of the yes, just moving forward in the thing he asked me to do. Um, and so, yeah, the, that was April 2022. And I just launched the book June of 2023. And it's really set up the same way. It's it's I call it small but mighty. It's got just a, a shot, a couple, couple, three paragraphs on a certain topic, but then I have over a hundred scriptures, which to me is the most powerful part because the word of God is where we find our truth. And the word of God has changed my life. Like getting my face in that thing has changed my life. And so that's what I love about it is there's just a ton of scriptures for women to dive deeper, look them up themselves. And, and um, yeah. And are you working on a companion piece to that? Yes. I'm so excited. I'm actually creating a way more comprehensive and like in-depth study guide. Um, and I am even more excited about that than the book, because this is going to ask questions. This is going to just take people deeper. This is going to really do what, what was done for me, where it was like, we got to dig into this. Like, what am I believing that's not lining up with the truth and how can I combat it? I'm very excited about that. And when will that be coming out? Do you think? Well, by the end of the year, for sure. I'm, I'm shooting for fall, but I'll say by the end of 2023, for sure. Okay. You know, it's so interesting listening to your story of just obeying God and doing the thing that he said to do the next thing. It reminds me of even Liz and I, when we did our homeschool mentorship, it was a six week mentorship for homeschool moms. And the the recordings of that have been some of our first podcasts even. And we had no idea back then that we were we we had no idea we would start a podcast. And it was kind of like just taking that step of obedience with the next thing of what came out of us in a hotel room and <laughs> being in my hometown, like literally 10 minutes away from my, my family. Liz flew in and we were in a hotel room and we made plans and we got things going. But it's so cool how like we just have no idea where God is leading us next. And we just like follow the breadcrumbs and we just do the next thing. And we don't worry about the outcome as much. And like, we just take the steps and like, he directs our path. I love how your story, our story is like, it's very similar. And I'm sure lots of people listening, like they're in the middle of that. Like, I'm just doing something. I don't know where it's leading necessarily, but just, if that's you, like, just keep going, just to obey him and do what you feel like he's leading you to do. And he'll tell you when the next step is you're supposed to take. Yes. So true. Okay. So one more question before we go, what do you think the key to true hope is? Can you explain that a little bit to us? Yeah. Um, I have a couple of them. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So let me just define hope real quick. Hope is the confident expectation that good is coming. And Mm -hmm. I like to go even a little deeper and say, it's believing that our future is going to be even better than today. And my favorite part, we get to partner with Jesus to make it happen. So we're not just sitting back and kicking up our feet and saying, I hope this thing works out. It's partnering with him. It's relationship to be able to walk out the thing that he's put on our heart. And so for me, there are a couple really important keys to walking in radical hope. 
The first one is really identifying truth in our lives and combating those lies of the enemy and replacing them with truth. The second would be identity. We have to know who we are and whose we are. We have to understand, we have to learn how to understand how heaven sees us. Because a lot of times we think I'm a failure, I'm not doing enough, whatever the case may be. But heaven doesn't see you as a failure. He sees you as a daughter seated in heavenly places, more than a conqueror, right? So it's just relearning like what how heaven sees us. The third thing I would say is our words. What are we saying over ourselves? Because it says in the Bible that say a thing and it will be established for you. So what we're speaking out, I've just been really challenged lately to watch. Okay, side note. Myron Golden just posted about this after I talked about it this past Saturday. And I was like, yes, awesome. It's like, I'm really careful to watch what comes after the words I am. And it's a whole separate conversation. But if God is I am, then I want to watch what's coming after the words I am in my own life. And so I just think really watching our words, like what are we um, speaking over ourselves, over our business, over our families, over our lives, because words matter. And I would say the fourth thing is perspective. This one is so exciting to me because God's perspective is everything. And that's what was really the big change for me back in 2016 that I started to learn. It was shifting my perspective from what I see with my natural eyes to what God says, what he thinks, what he's up to. And so that's a huge part of it. So I would say those are just some important keys to walking in radical hope, despite what your circumstances look like. Because we will never be hope-filled women if we're relying on our circumstances. And we know this, but hope is Jesus. So it's all about really just like tuning into what he's doing, tuning into what he's saying. And once you do that, I really think you can't not live in wild hope, which in turn produces more joy and more courage. It's like all connected. It's pretty beautiful. Mm -hmm. Everyone go get Melissa's book, Hope Surge. Do you want to tell them where they can find you? Yes, absolutely. I have a a website. It's melissabenson.co, melissabenson.co. If you're specifically interested in the book, you can go to hopesurgebook.com also, but you can find them in either places. And it's also on Amazon as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for being on the podcast. And we can't wait to see where God leads you next and hear about your new products that come out. But we just are so thankful you came and shared your story. And I hope it was an encouragement to you listeners to keep going, to pursue hope and everything God has for you. So we will see you next time. Bye. To get our free heart-centered homeschooling ebook or to book a breakthrough call about homeschooling or business with Sarah, visit the links in the description of this podcast. Also, we always want to hear your questions or ideas for new podcasts So do please slide into our DMs on Instagram or post in our Facebook group. We would love to hear from you.